turn to the New Testament book of Matthew, particularly chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to be talking about uh, the kingdom, what the kingdom is all about, and as Jesus mentions about the kingdom here at the end of uh, what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. We've talked about, or I've mentioned several times, about the pyramids of Egypt. And we know these are some famous structures, or some of the most famous structures in all the world. And most of us know that these were meant to be burial places, or burial preparation places for the pharaohs. However, archaeologists, when uh, in covering some of those, report that uh, the preparation of death was not just for the pharaohs. It was for all of those in Egypt. In the Book of the Dead, uh, it provided instructions and tips for the soul on their journey to the underworld. The book was often exerted uh, uh, on coffins and tombs, uh, or the complete scrolls might be placed in the tomb. In fact, it was believed that the last ordeal on the path to eternity was the weighing of the deceased heart. And they believed that if the heart was found good, then, then it would be okay. But if it was uh, too heavy and laden with evil, then it would be devoured by a monster and the spirit banished into darkness. And we know, we know that in the Christian faith that death is very viewed very differently. We know that the path to eternal life is not laden with, with danger. Uh, we know that it's made simple through our faith in Jesus Christ and our obedience uh, to Him and following His will, the will of the Father. But I want us to think about this as we think about the end of the Sermon on the Mount. I want us, as we look at, the, uh, at life, I want us to think about looking at the end, the end of life, the end of our journey here on earth. Jesus will refer later in this passage of Scripture to that day. And we'll talk about that in a, little bit, in a little bit. Nonetheless, the idea of looking forward is what I want us to think about tonight. And we know the Bible is a love story. The Bible is a story about a Creator who loved His creation. Who loved His creation so much that He, he sent and provided a way for salvation and for a life away from sin, a life of redemption through Jesus Christ. But the Bible also, we know, gives us warnings. We may not like warnings, but warnings are an important part of life. And it's an important part of how we live and the decisions that we make. So, if you look back in Matthew chapter 4, in Matthew chapter 4, uh, Jesus came to Capernaum, and He's there by the Sea of Galilee. And He calls His disciples. You remember He calls those fishermen. Uh, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother. He calls James and John the sons of Zebedee, who He would later refer to as the sons of thunder. But they became pillars in the church. And in chapter 5, you remember he talks about, uh, in this Sermon on the Mount, he talks about those blessed Beatitudes. He talks about being salt and light. He talks about how murder and adultery and things like that begin in the heart. Uh, and it's important what we allow into our heart. He talks about marriage. He talks about going the second mile. He talks about loving your enemies. He talks about doing good to please God. He talks about prayer. And so to live a life with eternity in mind, prayer is important as well. He talks about laying up, yourself, laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. 
He talks about not worrying. He talks about do not judge. He talks about uh, to keep asking and seeking and knocking. He talks about those who we will know by their fruits. Talking about the many false prophets. And then he comes up to uh, verses 21 and following. In verse 21, you'll notice that Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So Jesus says here, as we're thinking about the end in mind, He says there's two kinds of disciples. There's two kinds of followers. There are those who do not obey. And there are those who obey. The ones who do not, they're the non-doers, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven, He says. But it's the doers of the Father's will who will enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus had just told them to be on guard for false prophets. False perfect prophets are those who, while telling lies, pretend to be speaking the truth. Remember, He also told them, eventually, you will be able to tell them by their fruits. You may not can see in their hearts, but you will be able to tell them by their fruits. You can tell the non-doer disciples by their fruits, He says. You know, God through Scripture tells us to test things, doesn't He? He tells us to test people, to test words, to test teachers, and even to test ourselves. Test to examine, to see if people are genuine and true and pure. Test words and teachings to see if they are in accordance with the Word of God. Test ourselves to make sure our motives and intentions are pure and holy. Now notice what Jesus said about these false prophets. These false teachers, He said, they call me Lord, Lord. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, Jesus said, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Which reminds us, it's not just about calling on the name of the Lord, is it? Because these false disciples did that. Because simply saying Lord, Lord is insufficient. It's not enough. Uh, some might even say today that, that going to church is not enough. Now, don't misunderstand what is trying uh, to be betrayed in that. Church attendance is very important. And why is that? Because when we come together with the church body, that's our support group, isn't it? Those are the people that are walking hand in hand with us in the battle. They're right there with us. They understand what it's like. But just simply walking in a church building week in and week out and sitting on a pew is not enough. You see, Jesus has called His people to be a people of action. He says only those who do, Jesus said, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you remember what He said in John chapter 14 and verse 15? Jesus said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. John also wrote in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome, despite what the world would want us to believe. Despite, as I mentioned this morning, the attacks that are on Christians in America. 
Dr. J.B. Gambrill tells an amusing story from General Stonewall Jackson's famous Valley Campaign. Jackson's army found itself on one side of a river when it needed to be on the other side. After telling his engineers to plan and build a bridge so the army could cross, he called in his wagon master to tell him that it was urgent that the wagon train reach the other side of the river as soon as possible. The wagon master started gathering all the logs, limbs, fence rails, all the things that he could, and he built a bridge. Long before day, before daylight, General Jackson was told by the wagon master all the wagons and the artillery had crossed the river. General Jackson asked where the engineers were and what were they doing. The wagon master simply said they were in their tent drawing up plans for a bridge. Now it's not bad to plan. It's important to plan. In fact, Jesus tells us in some of His teachings that who does not look at the cost of building something before they build? So it's important to plan, but the, moral, the, the moral of this story is you can't plan forever. You eventually have to get the work and do the work and take care of the job. Jesus would say, on that day. On that day, speaking about the end, speaking about the, the day of judgment when Jesus will return. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36, the Bible says, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In Luke chapter 21 and verse 34, Jesus said, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. You know, when I read that passage of Scripture, I'm reminded again of the importance of us being together. Not to always condemn one another, but to challenge one another, to encourage one another. Because the cares of life can weigh us down. And if we're not careful, the cares of life can weigh us down. And that day come unexpectedly. And so it's important that even looking through the cares of life, even looking through the difficulties that we look to the end and have the end in mind. In verse 23, Jesus says, And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, these individuals, they likely had done things in the name of Jesus, hadn't they? In spite of their claim to be followers of Christ, these so-called servants continued to practice lawlessness. And yet they called themselves followers of Jesus. They called themselves disciples of Christ. Although they claimed to perform numerous good works, they were living disobedient lives. You know, when you think about that, when you think about that kind of person, we think that's a sad life, isn't it? But we have to also be challenged and reminded it's very easy to point out the faults and the wrongs in someone else's life, even a false prophet, without looking at ourselves. Someone noted the word declare in this context indicates a legal pronouncement. While these individuals considered themselves followers of Jesus and believed they had performed great miracles, they were not His true followers. Can you imagine? Can you imagine hearing those words from Jesus? I never knew you. 
And that's what the Bible says that Jesus will say to those who do not obey, to those who pretend to be followers but are really not. It's very similar to Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter 26, you remember what was happening there? Jesus was being led away. You remember when, when Peter was approached and said, Oh, I, 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 remember, I saw you. No, I don't know Him. Yeah, you were with Him. No, I don't know Him. Yes, you were. And the Bible says He began to curse and say, No, I do not know the man. That's a rejection of Jesus. And this saying we're disciples, but yet living a different life is very much like that. Someone has said, the people who Jesus condemns are branded as false because in their case, life and lip had not been in harmony. Do you remember Matthew chapter 15? Matthew chapter 15, Jesus calls these people uh, listening. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying... These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And then down in verses 18 19, he says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. You see, those who simply pretend to be followers will be cast out from the presence of the Lord on that day. I want you to notice back in the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says there's two kinds of disciples. Those who hear and obey and those who hear and do not obey. And then I want you to notice some practical observations as we look here at the end of this sermon. As we think about the end in mind and as we think about the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> look at verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them, uh, does not do them, will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. You see, Jesus says, listen, there are two kinds of disciples. Those who do and obey, and those who do not do and do not obey. And the ones who do and obey will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And then He says, there's two kinds of builders. There's the one who's building on the rock or the one who's building on the sand. You see, those who hear and do, they're like the one building on the rock. But those who hear and do not, they're like the one building on the sand. Those pretenders, he would call, they're like the ones building their house on the sand. Can't you just see it in your mind's eye as Jesus is talking to these people? Maybe they are down, they're down by the seashore. 
And they see the sand on the seashore. And they also, maybe they see the rock in the distance. Or maybe it is they imagine uh, digging down below the sand and they find the bedrock. And maybe that's what they're thinking about. And, and they, they think they have this picture in mind. And the idea is that they have the same kind of challenge that we have. And the question for us is, how are we building? How are we building and what foundation are we building on? Are we building our houses on the foundation of the truths of God's Word or the passing pleasures of this life? What are we filling our lives with? You see, that's important as we think about building our houses. Did you notice what Jesus said? He indicates that storms will come, won't they? Storms will come. I want to share with you what one commentator said. He said, People often build their spiritual houses on the sand by accepting every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, Ephesians chapter 4. Their faith is based upon opinions, speculations, and fables. Jesus made it clear that our spiritual houses will be tested. Those that are built upon the rock will stand the ultimate test of judgment. Those that are constructed on the ever-shifting sands of time will not be able to stand on that day. You see, storms will come. Storms will come and how will our house stand? It will stand if it's built on the foundational bedrock of Jesus Christ. But if we are just pretenders, when the storms come, our house will fall. And Jesus said, when that house falls on that day, great will be its fall. When we stand before the great judge, what will we hear? What kind of words will we hear? What will He have showed for what we've built? Will we hear those words found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 and 41? Then the King will say to those on the right hand, Come, you blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Or will we hear the words of those on the left, Depart from Me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I never knew you. What are the words that we will hear? I'm going to share with you a story I came across. In 1968, the Olympic Games were held in Mexico. The marathon was the final event on the program. The Olympic Stadium was packed with excitement as the runners ran this marathon. The first athlete to cross the finish line was an Ethiopian runner. And when he crossed that finish line, the crowd just erupted erupted with cheers. But way back in the field, there was another runner, John Stephen Akwari of Tanzania. You see, as he ran through that race, his head began throbbing. His muscles were aching and then he falls to the ground. He had serious leg injuries and the officials tried to get him to quit, but he refused. With his knee bandaged, Akwari picked himself up and he hobbles the remaining 12 kilometers to the finish line. An hour after the winner had crossed the finish line, Akwari enters the stadium. Only a few thousand people remained. The rest had gone home. And as he moves around the track at a painstakingly slow pace, 
until he finally crosses the finish line and he collapses. It's one of the most heroic efforts of Olympic history. Afterwards, asked by a reporter why he had not dropped out, a quarry says this, My country did not send me to start the race. They sent me to finish. We've mentioned time and time again that life is tough. There's a lot of tough things in life and a lot of tough things that happen. Satan will put a lot of difficult things in our life to try, try to sway us. And you see, if we're just pretenders, if we're just pretenders, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard even if we've built our life and our faith on the bedrock of Jesus Christ. But when we do that, we can stand. So where are you tonight? Where have you built your life? As we think about what Jesus says at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, to think about the end in mind because the end will come. Whatever your need might be tonight, if you're ready to give your life to the Lord, to walk with Him, to plant your life on the bedrock of Jesus Christ by being buried with Him in baptism to rise in newness of life, you can do that. Maybe it is there's a lot of storms in your life right now and you just need the church to pray with you and pray for you. As we did this morning, we can do that. Whatever your need is tonight, let us help you any way we can as together we stand and sing.